listening to the Capture Paranormal Podcast. Greetings and welcome to the Capture Paranormal Podcast. My name is Jason, and on this episode, we're going to be talking all about A&E's Halloween special, The World's Biggest Ghost Hunt, where five investigators spent two whole weeks at Pennhurst Asylum. But before we get into that, I want to let you know about Capture Paranormal. We are a paranormal investigative team based in southwestern Ontario. We do investigations in homes and businesses free of charge. So if individuals are experiencing what they think is paranormal activity, they can go to captureparanormal.com. There's a form at the bottom of every page that they can fill out. Send that in to us and we'll review it and get back to you. And we do all our investigations free of charge. But not only did we want to just be paranormal investigators, we also have our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash capture paranormal. There you can find most of our investigations as well as our Paranerd Talk episodes. If you're a listener to the Capture Paranormal podcast, we have the Paranerd Talk episodes where we had uh, our friends over at facebook.com slash captureparanormal vote on a topic, and we would uh, discuss the, the winning topic. Whatever won the, the poll for that week, we would discuss that topic, and that's all in the archives of the Capture Paranormal podcast, but we also have a video version over at youtube.com slash captureparanormal. So if you want to see some of our uh, our evidence that we have, have captured, pun intended, uh, during our investigations, please head over to youtube.com slash captureparanormal and subscribe. And if you're more of an Instagram user, only on there you can find us at captureparanorm. Give us a follow. We'll follow you back. And we're also on Twitter at captureparanorm. We are also on Patreon at patreon.com slash captureparanormal. If you want to help us out, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you enjoy our videos, if you enjoy everything that Capture Paranormal is doing and all the content we're putting out, or you just want to uh, help us out a bit and donate to the team, as I said, we do all our investigations all around southwestern Ontario free of charge. So if you want to uh, give us a little kickback and you want to help us out just a little bit, go to patreon.com slash captureparanormal and you're going to get a ton of exclusive content. I've run through all the content previous, previously in other podcasts. And so you should know by now all the exclusives that you will receive at patreon.com slash capture paranormal. And we will appreciate it greatly. Now, if you listened to the last podcast episode, I told you that I have some news regarding the capture paranormal podcast. And so I'm going to get into that at the end of this episode. So make sure please stay tuned uh, listen to my review of the world's biggest ghost hunt and then stay, uh, and then stay with me for this announcement that I have regarding the capture paranormal podcast. So before we get into that news, let's get into the world's biggest ghost hunt on A and E their big Halloween special where they took five investigators and put them in Pennhurst Asylum for two whole weeks to investigate. We had Austin, we had Zach, we had Max, we had Allie and Katie, who were the four investigators. We had Austin, Zach, and Max, who were kind of the 
skeptical kind of scientific kind of uh, angle of things. We also and then we had Ali and Katie who were the uh, the more energy spiritual kind of investigator. We're gonna get into uh, my thoughts on that in in just one second. Now, one thing I did notice was they had a pretty big setup for these these investigators. Uh, they had Dr. Diane uh, Falkenbach, who was a psychologist there, to what seemed like amp them up and uh, let them know that it was going to be crazy at the Penhurst Asylum while they were while they were there, um, and going through all of the the horrific things that went on there, you know, in the past and why it was shut down. And so they really built up this this fear and this uh, you know these stories behind what happened here, and that really set up these investigators to uh, go into the uh, hospital and have these events that were to occur. You know, being there for two weeks, who knows what was going to happen? And uh, they they really instilled. I would say instilled fear into these people, into these investigators, before even stepping in to the uh, Penhurst Asylum. Uh, so going back to these five investigators, we had, like I said, the, the three kind of skeptical guys, Austin, Zach, and Max. We had Allie, who, uh, right off the hop, uh, how's the, the joke go? Uh, how do you know somebody's psychic? They'll be sure to tell you about it. Um, she right off the bat goes on about how she's uh sensitive and an empath and you know all that stuff and really threw me off because i i just don't that well i've talked about it before and i've gotten in some hot water got some heat over this subject in the past through this podcast uh unfortunately about psychics and mediums and things of that nature i've said it many 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 times in the past my opinion now let me say that again for all those um out there who are who got their finger on the trigger my opinion is that i've never seen uh, a psychic or a medium or a sensitive prove to me in front of my eyes and giving me solid proof that what they say they have they have so you know when i see ali here come right off the bat with i'm a sensitive i'm an empath uh i know all this stuff i have these 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 abilities okay uh, you can tell me that all day long, but you know, you got to have some type of way to prove this to me. Uh, so we'll get into that later on as well. And so, you know, they seem like pretty cool people. I knew right off the bat, Max was going to be, uh, uh, one of my guys. I could just, I just had that. I could tell by his demeanor and the way he talked and what he talked about and, you know, his background. So we got into the, the two week investigation uh we start with what i'm just going to kind of go through these notes i have of things that happened during their their investigation it's not going to be day one day two day three it's just going to be these specific things that happened and we're going to start with one that really irked me um they heard a noise and they had these rem pods uh spread out across the the building that they were in and the rem pods started going off and they were activating and they were kind of chasing these rem pods around as they were going off uh it wasn't until after when they're back at uh the home base they figured out that the walkie talkies when they when they set them off to talk or or whatnot was setting off these rem pods now the rem pods are there to detect 
electromagnetic field in the area. Now these walkie-talkies, when you're uh, when you're hitting the button, it's creating frequencies. You're you're initiating radio frequencies and EMF uh, spikes that will set off the REM pod. So let's just uh, let's step back for a second, okay? These are supposedly five experienced paranormal investigators going into Penhurst Asylum to investigate for two weeks. You're telling me these five experienced investigators don't know that a walkie-talkie will set off a K2 or a REM pod or something like that? You're telling me that they had no idea that walkie-talkies would set these devices off. And these are supposed to be experienced paranormal investigators right there within the first, what was it, 10 minutes of the, of the show showed me right there that this was just this was just a farce this was unbelievable and then after they figured out the walkie-talkie set off the REM pod well they were just so amazed because they had debunked this they debunked that this uh, REM pod was set off by the walkie-talkies and it wasn't paranormal related congratulations you guys are amazing investigators to be able to debunk this and for that to be to happen in the first 10 minutes of this uh, this show, oh God, it just set me off. It, it, it triggered me, speaking of uh, being triggered and people being triggered. I was triggered in this first 10 minutes by this act that these supposedly experienced investigators didn't know that the walkie-talkies would set off these devices. Come on, give me a break. Anyways, moving on, uh, they had the SLS system outside. They were outside with the SLS system. And they caught what they said was a figure crouching uh, in one of the, the bushy areas. Another thing, with the SLS system, it's built to find a human shape. It's going to take uh, it's going to take pinpoints, and if it looks uh, somewhat anywhere similar to a human body or a human shape, it's going to pop up there and give you that shape. When you're playing Xbox Connect and playing your games, and you have this uh, this system set up to to play your your Wii games or your Xbox games, what it's doing is it's looking for your body and it's looking for your hands, it's looking for your shoulders, it's looking for your head, it's looking for your torso, it's looking for your legs. So, when you have this device outside of all things, and there's trees around, and there's uh, like bushes and fences and buildings. Of course, it's going to find these pinpoints and give you the image of a person. That's what it's built to look for. It's built to look for an image of a person. Not paranormal related. That is what it's built for. And so you're obviously, if you point this thing around, it's it's trying. It's frantically trying to uh, to find something that looks like a human because that's what it's built to do. That's what it's trained to do, is to find this image. And of course you're gonna find it, whether it's crouching or whether it's standing, that doesn't matter. This device, this SLS system is built to find this image or this, this outline of a person. So this is just another thing to tack on within the first half hour or so of this episode that they're finding, uh, they're finding a person, a spirit outside using the SLS. No, the SLS is finding something that looks sort of human-like 
to 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 give you because that because that's how it's built. That's what its job is is to find you these these figures. Moving on to the next thing, they had a spirit box session, and they were getting things here and there. I guess if you want to say that. But the one thing that caught my attention was Allie, the, the sensitive, the empath. She was crying. And, you know, I I get it's for television. It's for A&E and it's, it's, in, it's national television. So you're going to want this emotion, this uh, emotional side to things. And they want you to be connected to these characters, so to speak. But to see her during, an, uh, during a spirit box session crying... When nothing was going on, it's just uh, another one of those things that kind of bothered me with this this whole show is why you're, you're supposed to be sitting there listening uh, intently for any voices that could come over these radio frequencies. And if they're coming over, like we've said in the past, when you're doing these spirit box sessions, you're listening for something to go over, say, four or five, maybe six bands of radio frequency for, to take even to take any kind of notice of it. Because if you're getting something very quick, something very instant, it's one band, maybe two, it's quite possible it's just a radio signal that's being interfered with uh, with your S-Box 7 or whatever you're using, your S-Box or SB7, whatever it may be. Uh, it's just picking that up. Whereas if you're catching a voice or a sentence over so many bands that it would make it impossible for it to be a simple radio frequency, that's what you want to look for. But to sit there and be crying while you're you're listening to these this spirit box session sure there could be have been something you know she is a sensitive so if you're you're feeling these things around you during this time uh maybe it'll make you a little upset but looking at it from my point of view from a skeptic point of view just there's no just why are you crying i mean let me let me stop here for a second i i'm bashing this show and i understand that um I'm looking at things from a skeptical skeptical side of view. That's just how I am. That's why I got into the paranormal investigating field is to find out for myself, find evidence for myself of the paranormal. Um, so when I see things like this on television and this is being portrayed as paranormal investigating, uh, professional paranormal investigating, and they're, they're crying and they're seeing these SLS figures and they're uh they're 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 not even aware that walkie talkies will set off k2s or rem pods this just kind of irks me and that's why i'm i i'm very negative towards this show right now a lot of what they're doing and i'm seeing on this show is just uh it's horrible and it, it really taints the paranormal investigative field and i've said that before with a ton of uh especially online if you look on instagram if you look on facebook and youtube there's so much garbage out there that it really bothers me when you're trying to do it legitimately and and, and find evidence of the paranormal and you come across something that you can't really explain like i said with capture paranormal we have some video evidence that we cannot explain do we say it's paranormal do we say it's spirits do we say it's ghosts do we say it's demons do we say it's pazuzu uh no we say it's interesting and we want other people to see it but how are other people going to see it our little videos of a shadow moving across a, uh, a stage or or something peeking out from behind a wall or anything of that nature 
when there's a million other videos that are just garbage and being put out there as actual spirits. This is a ghost, check it out. Uh, top 10 real ghost videos and everything's debunkable or there's no thought put into it as to what it could be. It's just, oh, there's an orb moving across this screen. So that's a, that's a spirit. Well, no, that's dust. That's a bug. That's that's uh, rain. It could be many different things, but to the, uh, uh, to the unexperienced, they're looking at this and they're saying, uh, they're seeing all this garbage that's being put out and it just really irks me. And to see a show like this, the world's biggest ghost hunt uh, from Penhurst Asylum that are putting these people who are clearly inexperienced, whether they're sensitives or empaths or skeptics, whatever they may be, putting them into this uh, this this show and this this environment and they clearly have no idea what they're doing, that's an issue for me really makes me upset to see this kind of stuff but regardless we'll move on uh to the rest of this episode they had uh um ali who gave everybody uh crystals and, and and rocks they had max which is a positive thing from this episode if i want to take one positive thing from the episode uh it was max who is a geologist basically going on about how these crystals that ali are passing around who are uh, these crystals apparently have powers and things of that nature. Uh, Max is just saying, well, they're just rocks that are used as placebos, which if you're a skeptic, you're going to, you're going to agree with that. Uh, these crystals that are, are sold and, and purchased, they're basically, if they had the, the kind of powers that they're supposed to have and the effect that they're supposed to have on, on people and, and things, well, why wouldn't everybody have these things? And and like I think you mentioned something about why don't they give these these crystals to uh, people who are about to divorce? Because wouldn't that just solve everything? Wouldn't that just solve all their issues if they had these uh, healing crystals and these uh, powerful make you feel good kind of crystals and protection crystals? Um, he brought that up. And being a geologist, I mean, you know, he he deals with this kind of stuff all the time. And he said it's basically just rocks where I know pers people personally who believe in all of that, and that's good. If you believe in, in the crystals, uh, healing powers, all that kind of stuff, all the more power to you. It's more a matter to me of proving it. I can, I've been given these crystals before during investigations and things like that. And you know, they, I haven't found anything different myself going back to this whole psychic medium thing. Sorry to keep bringing it up, but it's another thing where Personally, my opinion, I've never been proven otherwise as to if this stuff is legit or if it's being used by people to make money or or do whatever they want to do with this this title of being psychic or being medium. We've seen in the past the, the John Edwards or the Sylvia Browns who have uh, been wrong on a lot of their their supposed um, psychic abilities and their their claims. So. This was just an interesting thing for me to have Max kind of on the skeptical side of things saying, you know, about the, about these crystals and rocks that they are just that. They're just pretty much just placebos for people. We then had a spirit box session um, where the camera fell off of this, this what looked like concrete uh, piece of wall or something that it had been sitting on. And it kind of just fell forward onto the ground and scared living bejeebus out of them. Uh, whether it was, you know, it just wasn't secured properly on that ledge and eventually it just kind of slid, slid, slid and then fell. That's a very 
uh, very good possibility that that's all that was during that segment. Um, also during that segment, Max claimed to have been touched and, you know, he went back, uh, during his, his diary video there about being, uh, being touched on the side that, you know, he basically all you can do with instances of being touched or, or things of, of being, uh, sensitive that all you can do is rely on people's word when it comes to anything like that. There's no solid proof. There's no way to prove that Max was touched. There's no way to prove that uh, I, when I was at the Princess Ab Playhouse in St. Thomas, Ontario, something tapped me on the shoulder. There's no way for me to prove that to you. So why would I kind of come out and say, yeah, a spirit uh, touched me on the shoulder? I have no idea what that was. And I'm not going to go out and say it was a spirit or a ghost. Uh, I'm not able to explain it myself. So all you can do is, like Max said, uh, take my word for it. That's all you can do in those kind of situations is take people's word for it. Um, one thing I noticed again, just like with the other programs, the ghost nation, ghost hunters, it's these commercial fake outs that they always do. And they kind of, they get really monotonous after a while. It's like every commercial break before every commercial break, you know, it's coming, you know, they're going to have something happen. So, oh my God, what was that? Or, or some type of, uh, instance where, uh, did you see that? And then they have really loud music and then to commercial break. Because they expect you to be like, oh my God, what was that? I, I really want to see what that was. I'm going to stick around to uh, check out what, what happens, what they find, what was on the camera, why'd that fall, things of that nature. It's just these commercial fake outs are getting really, uh, really annoying on these shows because every show does it. It's like they want you to stick around to watch the next segment. Well, if I'm watching your show, it's a good chance I'm, I'm going to watch it till the end. Um, I understand why they do that from a television production standpoint and from an editing standpoint. Uh, but it's just uh, with every ghost uh, television program, they do that. And it gets really monotonous after a while. Uh, they then, then do a group kind of meditation and where they were all in the one room, the, the Candyland room. Uh, during this, you know, the the... REM pods start going off uh, while they're inside a Faraday cage, which, you know, supposedly with these cages, you're not supposed to be able to, uh, the, the REM pods won't go off with walkie uh, interference or any type of interference, but it, it turned into one thing after another, kind of layers and layers, and it started going off. First, it was the REM pods going off, and then there was a cold spot, and then, uh, you know, Austin started feeling sickness, and it was just one thing after another, kind of like a mass hysteria, uh, cats and dogs living together, just real wrath of God type stuff. Um, but, uh, seriously, it just one thing after another, it was that segment was a little bit jarring, a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm looking for a little too much when they're all just sitting there and, uh, one thing after another, things just start happening and keep piling up until Austin freaks right out, uh, claims that he was, something was jumping on him or trying to, uh, trying to take him over or possess him, whatever it was that he was feeling. They took him out. They had medical, uh, attention. They had the medics arrive to, to check him out. His pulse was racing, uh, things like that. Uh, his, the emotions, you know, uh, everybody was super emotional and, and, and going kind of nuts. Uh, and you know, they, they met with, uh, another doctor who kind of, um, 
you know, re- reiterated that it's not a game and this is real and uh, kind of throwing the scare factor, the fear factor, if you will, into these uh, investigators and, and, and portraying that on the, the show itself. Um, so Austin, who apparently was almost possessed, returned to the Candyland area alone. Uh, obviously, as you, if, you, if you're a keen uh, watcher, he wasn't really alone. You could see the, the camera guy following him, and I assume there was a sound guy behind the camera guy. So uh, he wasn't really alone in the Candyland room as he kind of was portrayed to be. But uh, it turned into, like I said, one of those, oh, my God, what was that? Uh, you know, just things moving and, oh, I saw this, I saw that. Uh, when you're in, again, when you're in a dark room or especially a scary place like that, like Penner's Asylum, your mind's going to play tricks on you. Your your eyes are going to play tricks on you. So it's your job to kind of fight through that and be like, no, you know what? I'm here to do a job. I'm here to, to learn and find evidence. Uh, I'm not going to go crazy and pretend that things are happening or, or exemplify everything that's happening. If you hear a noise, you're not going to start going crazy. You're going to logically look into that. But again, television production standpoint, editing uh, standpoint, you need this kind of content for your television show so that the kind of ill-experienced people will look at that and be and, and, and think that's what's going on is that everything is paranormal because uh, everything's paranormal on these television shows, right? Uh, so he goes, he gets out of there kind of, uh, what they portrayed as fighting back, and uh, he 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 mentions that you're not gonna you're not gonna take me this time or whatever. I'm paraphr- paraphrasing, of course, but you're not gonna get me this time. And and uh, he's fighting back against whatever's trying to uh, possess him. Uh, pretty much at the end of the episode, you know, they did the whole emotional roller coaster ride uh, to end the episode, but everybody was happy and everybody learned something and it was an amazing experience and you know they were they were happy it was over because they were all exhausted from being there for two weeks and i'll tell you i was on the same page because i was exhausted from watching this episode and getting so uh uh, i don't want to say angry but irked at a lot of the things in this episode again i'm looking at it too from production standpoint i you know i mentioned i mentioned before uh, about youtube.com slash capture paranormal or i do the uh editing for our videos as well and so i want it to be somewhat entertaining of course uh, i want it to kind of be professional like uh i want people to be engaged and i want them to see something that they might uh be interested in we don't always get that i would say uh, 90% of the time you don't get that. So you have to take what you have. I have to take what I got during this investigation and try to make something out of it and uh, make it enjoyable for people who are viewing it. But that's not going to happen every time. Whereas a lot of these television shows, you'll see they take every knock, they take every whisper, they take everything and uh, ex- excel it into, uh, into oblivion to make you think that's paranormal related. And as I said, at the end of the episode, everybody was happy. Everybody learned something and they were happy it was over. And so was I. This world's biggest ghost hunt on A&E. It wouldn't hurt me for them not to do another episode like this. But you know, uh, they probably will once they see how the ratings go. 
And so that was the end of the world's biggest ghost hunt on A&E. And with the end of that episode, thus ends this episode of the Capture Paranormal podcast. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, I do have some news regarding the Capture Paranormal podcast. And that news is that we will be going on a hiatus for the time being at the Capture Paranormal podcast. And I want to thank everybody who is listening to this and who has listened to previous episodes. All the episodes are going to be in the archives. So you'll be able to go back and listen to all the ones you may have missed. Or if you want to revisit some of the old episodes, uh, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, I still advise you, please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the Capture Paranormal Podcast. As well, continue to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Check out our Patreon. We'd appreciate it very much. Uh, And continue to uh, be active with the Capture Paranormal community through all those avenues. But as for the Capture Paranormal podcast, as I said, we're going to be on hiatus for the time being. Not saying it's completely uh, finished. But for now, we are going to put the Capture Paranormal podcast on hold. And I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode or any other episode. I know I got a little carried away this episode, a little heated. I hope you understand and you bared with me. Uh, But I want to thank you and I hope you'll uh, go back and listen to the archives. If you haven't heard uh, some of the older episodes, please go back and listen we tried to make it a little bit different. We didn't always have the same topics. We didn't always have the same the same format. We have some uh, some review episodes. We have some investigation update episodes. We have some live from Comic Con episodes. There's a lot of different things you can go back and listen to uh, for now. But until then, again, I want to thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning into the Capture Paranormal Podcast. And please continue to, to uh, uh, join our community over at Facebook or Instagram. We'd really love to communicate with you and have you on our, our team. And yeah, with that, I want to, uh, again, I can't say it enough. Thank you. And until next time, we will see you on the other side.